0: Hello and welcome to the ACL bloggers podcast um, by me Chrissy Conway and in this episode two we're going to be talking about preparing for the day of your ACL operation your reconstruction and we're going to be focusing on the preparation of the muscles uh, really asking what questions that you guys can ask um, both the surgeon and the nurses and the anaesthetists um, and the physiotherapists, and leading up to the day of your surgery and afterwards, um, what you can do nutritionally to help yourself, um, building on what psychologically you need to be prepared for, um, both before and immediately on the day and afterwards you're in of your surgery, um, and then. Giving you a a, a brief idea of what happens on the day of surgery, both preoperatively in recovery uh, regarding pain management and um, what happens post surgery. So, um, talking to your physiotherapist and what happens with the ADLs and how you're going to need assistance with um, the simple things in life. So, they're what we're going to be going through today. So, preparation of muscles what do you guys need to do um, you know in the build-up to your operation well really you it depends on 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 you you know it depends on your injury um preparing for your muscles is 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 a difficult one because if you have your surgery fairly quickly you're not going to have an ample time period to be able to build up your your quadriceps and your hamstrings or your range of motion or your glutes generally speaking surgeons don't really operate until you've got Um, a little bit less inflammation you've got that range of movement in your in your knee but if you if like me you injury and you have a tibial fracture or you have a femur fracture you have uh, or you're in the NHS and you're waiting or you don't have private insurance so there are situations where you can build up the 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 muscles and this will actually speed up your recovery time so this is actually ample opportunity for you guys to 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 help yourselves really you know um preparing the muscles i treated every day like leg day um so you know i was doing squats i was doing lunges i was doing deadlifts every single day um because i knew that a this would improve my range of motion it would improve the, the, the 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 hypertrophy and the size of my um tendons and my my hamstring uh my hamstring muscle size and my hamstring muscle strength and i had the inkling that really if i did this then my graft would be stronger so that's why i did it but preparing isn't isn't for that reason really the preparation of your muscles preoperatively is to um reduce or to speed up your recovery process afterwards because you're going to have less deficit in your muscle wasted you're going to have um you're going to have better blood flow you're going to have better uh, range of movement, in and not just the, the the joint capsules in in the muscles as well. And you're going to be more flexible, and it's all going to aid to your to your recovery, really. Um, so you know, they're, they're, it's really important that you you do it. And you you know, post-operatively, I've been doing an hour a day. I used to go on before the the operation, I was going on really lengthy bike rides, um, building up my my cardiovascular fitness to make me um fitter for the operation obviously and to 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 do that as well going up hills on my bike and really i was trying to i was trying to do it and it did feel like i had a flap in the back of my knee but i was just pushing through this because it wasn't painful um after the first few weeks after i did it and that really led me into having really good muscle sizes on with my legs afterwards because I th- this is what I had in mind. So I think really preparing yourself physically for the operation is, is really important for the, the, for your recovery and your rehabilitation. So what about asking questions? You know, there are a lot of questions that you don't know about. A lot of the time you ain't gonna know what surgery you're going in for. That's why you have your, you know your consultation with the surgeon. I was so lucky being an undergraduate student that in the summer of 2017 I actually witnessed an ACL reconstruction and I got to know the surgeon, surgical team because I was working in a surgical ward as a nurse not everyone's going to be able to do this so I got to see the screw types I got to see the surgeon types I got to the surgery type I got to see the success I got to see the quantitative data you know the success rates of the surgeon and of the surgery and I got to see really how that explanation would go in from the surgeon to the patient now I'm not saying that you're going to have to ask all of these questions but I'm saying that you asking questions to the surgeon is going to benefit you because you're going to have a more understanding of of the process so you know I think going in Um, in in, into modern into modern literature you know a lot of the time they use the double bundle they use the double bundle reconstruction type in um, in the UK anyway you know and I think they do generally all over the world now so what this is they take a graft from Um, they take about 10 centimeters of your hamstring tendon from your semi and they take about 10 centimeters from the gracilis or whatever the surgeon's preference of muscle type Um, and they intertwine these and they use it as your new graft so this is called the hamstring graft so that's another thing you need to know you need to know about uh, what is the, you know the surgery type so it's a double bundle you need to know the harvest type so you need to know where it's going to be from so whether it's going to be from your hamstring whether it's going to be from your patellar tendon um or whether it's going to be a cadaver and I, you know I don't think they generally do cadavers much anymore but you really need to know this because it's going to have a big effect on the amount you, on your recovery it's going to have an effect on the amount of um, patellofemoral pain that you have for instance you get more of that if you have the the patella tendon um graft you you're going to have tighter hamstrings afterwards so things like that you know knowing the surgeon's success rate doesn't really matter but you need to know really how how com- how many surgeon how many surgeries has the surgeon done how what is he what is his success rate just ask the question because a lot of the time the graft failures are down to the surgical technique um so i've known people who've had um graft failure you know weeks after because of the surgeon's technique and you know you need to know whether you're going to have a, a, um, a splint pod on afterwards, for instance. These are, these are types of these are things that are used by the surgeon and if that is the case, my, my surgeon didn't prefer for me to have a brace. He said the evidence base isn't there. Uh, I think you'll actually be better off with uh, not having a brace on because you, you get more proprioceptive uh, tensile strength quicker if you don't have a brace. His colleague, Mr. Pierce, who I witnessed the operation, all his patients have braces. It's the surgeon type, you need to start asking these questions. And you know, they're, cons- they're sort. They not recognize that you're a, um, an athlete and that's why they've given you the surgery. They recognize that your activity level, you may not be a professional athlete, but they recognize that your activity level is higher. And that's the reason they've given you the operation because just because you've had your ACL injured doesn't mean that you warrant an operation, especially in the UK. You know, you need a you need a need to have that operation. So they want to know that you're psychologically prepared for the operation. So don't be afraid to ask these types of questions. So what about nutrition? Um, nutritionally, you know, my intake that you can see on the one of my Instagram posts, uh, pr- quite soon after I'd had my operation, I was taking about fifteen pills a day. I was a, a tick box, you know. I was taking them all for a specific reason, though. You know, pre-operatively, I was taking garlic and, and primrose really to uh, reduce the inflammation. Um, but you know, in the days leading up to my operation, I stopped taking garlic because it can um, increase your blood flow, so it thins the blood out. So they are, they actually recommend that you stop taking it prior to your operation. I was also taking cod liver oil to lubricate my joints because I've obviously had a meniscectomy, so I had a meniscus tear to to improve that. Um, I was taking glucosamine and MSM and chondroitin as well even though the evidence base isn't really there to to support its use but you know I was thinking my mindset was I'm going to be taking something if it's got 1% chance of being 1% beneficial it's a marginal gain you know so that, that was my idea protein i was taking so much of it and i still take take probably double the amount uh, recommended daily not just because i'm an athlete but because my, i'm recovering you know i'm trying to get my vo2 max after the surgery to be as big as can be and you know and i do this to, to i did this leading into the operation because i didn't want that muscle wastage which i knew i was going to have and everybody has it and um, and i got it back after about six months but taking care of your nutrition having this knowledge in addition to your pain relief which you're going to have later on is is so crucial you know having these good types of protein with you know branch chain amino acids and and you know the creatine to, to to sort of create that hypertrophy is really really important as well as you know a healthy diet drinking so much water before the operation i was to flush out any impurities taking i think my diet pretty much consisted of chicken rice broccoli um oats in the morning and i don't know fish at night i think that's what all i was eating pretty much because i wanted this i wanted this um you know i didn't want to i didn't want to decay basically i didn't want my muscles to just waste away so i did all of this and i did all of the i take i took all of these tablets because i thought they were going to be marginally um gain in what i was doing with regards my nutrition so i just re i really there isn't a lot of there isn't a lot of evidence behind it but i just thought if anything that you can take that will improve it is important so i do think that that has played a big part in well, not a big part, I think it's played a, a part, a, a small part in, in helping me during my recovery because I know I'm getting those bases, you know, it's helped with my anxiety certainly and I think um, taking things like, you know, cod and things, I mean, they're not going to harm you, they're quite expensive to be fair. Um, but it's, it's just put an ease in the back of my mind that you know after seven or eight months now of taking it, I think actually the, the fundamental growth properties in my in my graft are going to be there, you know, because I've been taking these and because I've been doing my rehab correctly. So um, going into the operation, I did this as well because I wanted the graft to be as strong and as as, as 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 you know as strong as possible. So my idea behind it was also that if I was taking these, then. Reduce the likelihood of me tearing the graft would probably be reduced, but from a nutrition point of view, just because I wanted to be, I wanted to be healthy. You know, I wanted the operation to go as good as possible, and I wanted my recovery to be as good as possible. So, that's my nutritional aspect of going into the operation. Psychologically, number four, I'd actually think psychologically, even though I'd seen the operation. I was ill prepared for the operation you know I didn't realize how individualized each operation is going to be um the guy who I saw his pain he was in out pretty much the same day had hardly any pain myself I had the the operation even though everything I felt weren't good before I remember throwing up coming out of surgery my two-hour operation actually lasted three and a half hours because I vomited during surgery so psychologically I was ill-prepared going into the operation about complications of it I was ill-prepared for um you know the the amount of pain afterwards and I was you know I think psychologically going into the surgery you have to confident going into talking with your surgeon you have to be psychologically prepared for um, the, the recovery process as well you know it's going to be a 12 month program that you're going to have to do and you know it's going to be months before you're back to you know you, this I'm I'm not discouraging anyone having the operation but it sets you back 3 months really you know you go leaving the hospital it's hard to wash for, for 6 weeks it's hard to Um, mobilize you know it's hard to mobilize for three months and then you sort of and then you plateau and then you go up and you can start exercising you just start jogging and stuff and you've really got to push yourself to hit each of these milestones and I think knowing that psychologically is really difficult because you'd go into the operation thinking "Mm, my knee's going to get fixed it really isn't straight away you know it's going to set you back even more to what you were like um, when you've done your when you've done your ACL initially, so being prepared for that, being prepared that this is just a surgeon and things can go wrong is also very um, important because a lot of the graft failures, like I said, are down to surgeon technique. Knowing this and knowing that you know your knee might may, may not be right is important as well, um, and just being psychologically prepared for. Um, I think talking about resilience is really really important because you need to have that resilience you're if you're an athlete you have that emotional resilience anyway but I think being prepared for the pitfalls you know the, the recovery process on the day is is, is, is immense you know you 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 need to get on top of everything you need to get on top of your pain you need to get on top of the fact that oh I'm, I'm not going to be able to wash for for three or four weeks and that's the reality of it you know you're not going to be able to have a shower properly pain three that doesn't doesn't take less than an hour for about two for two weeks these are all things going into the operation that you need to be prepared for so i think just touching on that is really really important so the big one the day of the surgery what to expect um pre i've said about going into it in the best shape that you can possibly put your body in um, but i think going into the pre-op meeting on the day with the nurses don't be afraid like i said ask questions the nurses want to help you the nurses are there to to check you over physically any questions you have ask the nurses ask them because they will put your mind at ease it's no you're going to have anxiety because of the surgery anything to do with the anesthetist um i i had operations previously never had a problem with general anesthetic but this was my longest operation and obviously i had the anesthetic problem so now when i go into any other operations in the future touch wood i never have any um but i know now that i do have ga problems uh as a result so i think it's just important to like i said ask those questions um being prepared on the day of the surgery you know you're going to go in and Maybe asking these questions also to an anaesthetist because they may change that. You can also have a spinal block, you know, where you're, you're sedated instead of having general anaesthetics. So just asking questions can determine everything. And really, you know, these, these are fine lines that um, are going to, you know, you may stay in hospital a little bit longer afterwards, but, you know, they may create less problems for you. It's an individualized environment, each operation is. Um, waking up. I think you're going to wake up in recovery you 're going to be quite sleepy you 're going to be quite poorly um you're going to be quite nauseous um you're going to be lonely because you've got no family there um or at least i didn't and um you know it's a place where I think you realize that wow this is this is this is going to be tough now, at least I did in recovery, you know. Um, you're up, you're covered in bandages that you, you weren't there before, you're co- you stink of iodine, <laughs> uh, you know, you've probably got bruises on your legs from where the surgeons have held your leg, um, you're covered in wi- you, There's wires coming out of you from everywhere, you've got drips up, you've got antibiotics up, you've got blood probably, you've got drains coming out of you, each surgeon's different, and you need to expect this, because it's something that can be quite daunting as well. Um my big issue is actually pain management on the day of the surgery and this is something that i don't want to patronize people but it's a passion of mine as a result of previous experiences as a nurse um pain is what the pain is what the patient says it is okay that is the definition of pain and i unfortunately had to stay in overnight uh, and then na- the night nurse was pathetic <laughs> to put it simply she took me off all my medication she made me quite ill because of she never got on top of my pain management, um, so I really think taking paracetamol and ibuprofen, and then actually having as a, that those as a basis, and then you know if you need um, codeine or tramadol or if you need your um, oromorph, you know, ask the ask the nurses and keep pushing them for it because if you're in pain, I'm not saying to ask for those things if you're not in pain, but I certainly think that. Having those modalities as, um, you know, as preparation for if you are in excruciating pain like I was because my 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 hip block didn't work, my femoral block didn't work, then it's something to definitely get um, have that communication process with the nurses about because you may have a new nurse with a younger nurse with um, my kind of thinking, or you may have an older nurse like I had as well who is completely old school and doesn't like giving uh, pain relief so I really think it's a big part And when you go home you need to make sure that you have the correct medication you need to have that um, um, those those pain relief there because it's going to be the more you move around it's going to be really really difficult so just make sure that um, you have those pain relief and you start taking them and you take them religiously because they will 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 help with your recovery in those initial days following your surgery, leaving the, surger- leaving, surgery um, so leaving the hospital on the day of surgery you need to do a physio assessment you need to be able to go upstairs I had a good and a bad one um, who really pushed me even when I thought I couldn't and I think that was mainly because of the anxiety of oh I'm going to damage my graft because all I kept hearing from nurses and from the surgeon was do not damage your graft do not damage your graft if you do this you're going to damage your graft you're not okay put it simply you're not I, the days preceding it I slipped on a piece of jigsaw and um, locked my knee and I felt an end point um, and I was so so anxious that I damaged the graft and I thought I did that quite powerfully and I didn't damage the graft it's a really really strong um, piece of synthetic material intertwined with your tendons which are very strong as well and they've been putting it into your bone with screws which aren't coming out Okay, I've never known anyone have a, a screw just come out. So really, you need to um, just be aware of this um, and, you know, try not to have that anxiety and have that physio. Um, and that's, that's definitely, definitely, definitely going to help you psychologically and physically um, when you leave the hospital on your day of your surgery. What about leaving the hospital so you've left the hospital and um, you're probably going to go and have your x-ray um to make sure everything's okay you're going to be on crutches your hands are going to be aching you're going to be having trouble you know you're going to be really slow walking with your crutches if you don't know how to use them and no one's told you what's going to happen. No one's told you. You know, you've had a few letters and things that you have to give to your GP. Uh, what happens now? Well, I'll tell you what happens. You struggle to get into your car. <laughs> it's the first thing. I had. A, I've got a four by four, and um, I, I struggle to get in. You know, you. You're told that you can get in and in and out of bed, and you hook your leg around. You can't really do that when you're getting into a car. So that's the first thing. You know, you need to be prepared that everything's going to be more difficult you need to take your time with everything in the first week i would say plenty of bed rest plenty of, like i said good nutrition um plenty of rest plenty of ice if you can do it um and you know the 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 price factors so protect it uh rest it ice it bit of compression but you're going to have that probably anyway with the bandage in Uh, and elevation plenty of elevation get that swelling down and try and get the range of motion that the physios were you know their exercises are going to be giving you to do Um, in the meantime your physiotherapy appointments probably going to come through the post um, but really you need to be aware uh, that you need to keep it you need to keep it really clean you you know you're going to have um plasters over your over your scars if you have a plaster over your scar I would recommend, as a nurse, um, just keeping those plasters on, okay? Even if they get disgusting on the outside, if the more you change your plasters, the more likely you are to get an infection in those sites, okay? So that would be my, my big thing. Try not to touch it until day 14 or whenever you're having your stitches out, and then give it a good clean with... Um, antibacterial wipes and uh, and or ask the the practice nurse or the gP to, to do that for you I think it's really really important though to, that you know that your adl so your activities a day living are going to be vastly vastly reduced it's probably going to take you an hour to have a shower you know it's going to take you twenty five minutes to have a wash it's going to take you twenty minutes to dress it's going to take you um much, much longer to do absolutely everything. You know, you're not going to be able to really go in the kitchen and make yourself food. All of these things are things that you, you really aren't prepared for. You're not told about it. Um, you're expected to, you know, if you're anything, anything like me, wife was out at work, um, children are running around, you're expected to pick up jigsaws. Nobody warned you of this. Nobody warned you of any of these kinds of things. And this is why it's important to keep on top of your painkillers and to rest because... Um, these are things that could potentially um, hurt you going forward, you know, and they're things that you could slip on, there's things that you could, um, you know, you stand up to put your trousers in, you bend down to bend, to, to put on your socks and you go, oh, that hurts, you know, my ham- ooh, my hamstring's pulled, these are all things that you just need to take into consideration, so, and these are really the, the post-surgical problems that I faced, um, And this is everything on the day leading up to the day of the surgery. So I I hope you've enjoyed my podcast for episode two and um, join me in future. Okay, thanks.